0: This is The Good Stuff. Let's get to know those who are doing the good stuff in our community. We'll chat with everyone from small business owners to local officials. Join us as we go around town to find the hidden gems. This is your host, Andy Tomlinson. Welcome to the Good Stuff Podcast. Well, welcome the Good Stuff Podcast. I'm here with my friend, uh, Tracy, and I know her as younger and now as Hathaway. Uh, she is a court uh, liaison and case manager for the Recovery Council in Chillicothe. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, I, I knew she worked for the Recovery Council. I just didn't know her titles and uh, kind of wanted to bring her in to tell her her story. Um, really what, what made me reach out to Tracy is my brother. Uh, He passed away this year and uh, his birthday was uh, July 31st. And I thought, you know what? I need to reach out to her and talk about your great things, what you're doing on recovery and uh, how you can help people and uh, uh, have other uh, people uh, get better. Because unfortunately my brother did not. Sorry, this is probably going to be a pretty personal uh, podcast. Um, so, so Tracy, tell me, uh, or tell the listeners how you knew Deacon or, uh, how you got into this recovery council.
1: Um, well, thanks for having me, Andy. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> Deacon was the brother I never wanted, yeah. you know, growing up, um, he was just always fun. Um, he, you know, my sister and I were from a home where we had divorced parents, um, you know. Deacon, your sister, you, you were three people uh, among the handful of people who didn't judge us for being from a broken home yeah um, and just made us feel a part of everything. You know, that was in the 70s and 80s. And there was a lot of judgment um, that unless you lived it, you didn't see it. Um, we did a good job of hiding it. But Deacon was always, even when something rotten was happening or you didn't feel a part of something, he was just that wild ass friend. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Who gave zero shits about anything and um would always just make you laugh, make you feel welcome. And before you knew it, they were asking you to come back and not him. Yeah. Um but he was just a lot of fun. Um it was years down the road after lots of concussions. I mean
0: Yeah, ten. Uh more than ten. That's oh yeah. Documented it, ten, but yeah.
1: Well I remember We'd all be on BMX bikes. Yeah. And it was Central Center. You remember where, I think it's Job and Family Services there. Now it used to be Hearts. Yeah. And we had a little spot up there where we would all go and do ramps and race and do different things. But Deacon would always want more. And he'd end up coming down the hill at Central Center and every time he'd wreck. Yeah. So we'd try to get him not to do it, but he wouldn't listen. So then we had to just decide, okay, who's calling Marsha this time? Yeah. Because nobody wanted to call Marsha. No, no. Um, but we would stay and make sure he got taken care of, and it'd be another concussion. Um, so, I always knew him to have, like, just living on the edge. Yeah. Um, we got a little older. He had, he'd gotten his driver's license and had that Fiero. Oh, yeah, yeah. That red Fiero. Um, and he was always like, Trace, let's go for a cruise. So, we'd go for a cruise, and he's always late picking me up. Um later on, as time progressed, I found out it's because he was using. Drugs. At the time. Yeah. Yeah. I know he smoked some pot. Yeah. We'd, we'd smoke pot together here and there. We'd drink. But I, that was the extent of it. Sure. Um, I didn't know until I got a call from Marsha. Tracy, because Deacon had a call for you got a collect call from the Ross County Jail yeah. from Deacon. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> He's like, call my mom. I'm like, no, you call your mom. <laughs> but, um. He, Marsha called me and had taken him, um, to Riverside. Yeah. Check in for, um, for treatment. Yeah. I didn't know anything about rehabs. I didn't know anything about drugs. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm scared to death. She's going to make me go too, because I was smoking pot with him and drinking. Sure. Um, you know, I hadn't suffered any consequences, but you know, I felt like your mom would pick, pick me up and we'd go to counseling with him. You know, I think we went two or three times a week. Wow. Why he was there. And let me tell you right now, your mom's really strong woman. Oh, absolutely. She's been through a hell of a lot. Um, she had me scared to death. I was so scared the whole way to Columbus and the whole way back. Um, but I got to know her on a different level and really learned to love her. Oh, yeah. Um, she is, like, I don't, I mean, I'm not going to get into her story, but she's she's been through a lot on the outside looking in and. She's a very strong woman.
0: Yep. Warrior.
1: Oh, yeah. for sure. So yeah. that's where my first bout of you knowing that there was even a treatment. Well, I thought you just got cured. Yeah. You know? I kinda, so, you know, I,
0: I, I, I kinda black these things out of my life. Mm-hmm. So I kind of forgot all about it. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I I don't uh, uh don't want to go down that path. So mm-hmm. I just kind of forget about it. Yeah. Uh and I forgot that he he did that in, in high school, yeah. right outside of high school. I mean, mom was always trying to help him. Oh sure. Um, and Deacon had the heart of gold and uh, uh, was very instrumental of me growing up. Uh, he was the big brother. And whew, anyway,
1: he was. Um, he just, I don't. There's just so many things that to say about Deacon that I couldn't say to him when he was living. Because I had to distance myself after so many years.
0: but I did too.
1: um, And that's what makes it really hard with his birthday and just memories. But the one thing um, in recovery, we teach people to pick up what you need and leave the rest. So apparently I needed to pick that up and remember that memory. Sure. Um, And all all the good stuff that came with it, not just the the stories where he had to um, make amends to me that I didn't even know he had done something wrong and just lots of different things. But it played out that that's what I needed was part of his story for me to be successful. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's, that's typical deacon, giving away what he was freely given and he just felt like he didn't need it anymore. Yeah. Or we all were under the assumption you go and you're fixed. So back then when you find out you're not fixed, You don't know how to ask for it again because it's, are you supposed to be fixed and it just doesn't work for you or, or what is it? And, you know, recovery and treatment has evolved so much just in the last 10 years since I've been in the field. Um, I can't imagine the difference from when he was, when he went through.
0: Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. I wish, uh, we could have done more, but, uh, I had to separate too. And, um, but and I thought he was going down the path, and then I think something happened later, you know, mm-hmm. went back to it.
1: Yeah, I I, I thought he was doing fantastic. We had a friend pass away, and we went – I picked him up to go to the funeral, and he started breaking out lines. I said, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. He's like, well, it's just a goodbye. I'm like, Deacon, you don't do stuff like that just as a goodbye. You're still doing stuff, and you, I can't be around you. If you're going to do this, I have to choose – my life because I've got kids, I've got a family, and and I want more. Right. And he's like, you just don't understand. I said, I do understand. Yeah. Um, and that was probably one of the last three times we spoke, and it would be through people. Yeah. You know, he'd send me messages or um on Facebook, and I'd block him, and I'd you know send me friend requests. I'd have to delete. And, you know, it, it's um, it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It hard. is. But he's a uh, definitely one of the truest friends I ever had. And it's hard to, for anyone to understand that unless they really knew him, that you have to separate someone because you love them so much from someone because you do love them so much.
0: Yeah. No, I, I I understand completely. Um, so that's, how did you get into the, the recovery uh, council and and get your life in?
1: It's crazy. It was just really something bigger than me. Yeah, definitely. um, I was working for a company. Um, my boss was a not so nice man and would come in drunk. And I think it, I had, to, I had kind of thought maybe on pills or something and would just have really sudden outbursts of anger. Wow. And I'm talking, ripping phones out of the wall, throwing things. And I was scared, but I was, I was a single mom at the time I was divorced. Yeah. And, um, I didn't know what to do. Well, finally, sure. one day I stood up. I said, I'm not going to let you treat me this way. And he's like, well, then get your shit and get the fuck out. And I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. So I didn't want to go back. The next day, um, I called. No answer, no answer. Because I didn't know if I had to go back to work. I didn't know what to do. And he sent me a text message and said, don't come back. I was like, thank goodness. So my ponytail's in the way. You're good. Um, so... I didn't go back and I filed, um, thought I filed for unemployment. I didn't know how to do it right, apparently. So I started looking for a job. And at that time, I was, um, oh, I had been through treatment in 2003 for cocaine okay. and crack. I started smoking crack, and that's, it was bad news all yeah. downhill from there. Um, luckily, I had a boss who saw something was going on.
0: Yeah not the same boss. That- not,
1: no, this I'm backtracking a little okay. bit, but um that boss before treatment, he pulled me into his office and he said, "Tracy, um I think you have a problem." I'm like, "I sure do." I had I knew I didn't have one. Yeah, you sure. know, I just was agreeing with him so that I didn't lose my job. Right. Um, he said, "Do you want some help?" I said, "Sure." I had no idea he was carting me off to get Hannah. To the woods, uh, the park side, the woods at Parkside um, until I was there. (laughs) And I was, so I was like, I got to go along with this, you know, Yeah, I'll just, whatever it takes. So that's what I did. And lo and behold, while I was there, I kind of figured out I might have something wrong. And um, I didn't, I don't have a history of like a sexual abuse or anything like that. Um, You know, there's a lot of people who do. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to, to have a, a substance abuse disorder. Um, and I think that's one of the things that held me back was that I'm like, I was never molested as a child. I wasn't touched. I wasn't nothing like that. Um, but I still had other pain from probably neglect, um, you know, where my dad wasn't around and that was the same kind of pain that your brain deals with as someone who deals with, um, maybe some kind of sexual abuse at a young age. Yeah. So, um, just we all have our own, our scars. So I I ended up going through treatment. Um, then I went to an outpatient program, did everything I needed to do was called in for a random drug screen. Um, they said, I failed everything on the panel. I'm like, are you no way? I, there's no way. And I knew I didn't. Yeah. So at that time I had to send it off. You had to pay to have it sent to a toxicologist. I paid to have it sent off and it took weeks to get back. It wasn't like it is now where you have it in five to seven days. It took weeks. So I was, my boss laid me off again, um, with pay this time or again with pay and waited on that report. And when the report came back, he called me to his office. He said, I owe you an apology. I said, what are you talking about? I I didn't know the result came back. And he said, um, it was a false positive. I said, thank you. And I knew it was. And he said, but Tracy, I just couldn't believe you. I've been through so much in my life. Yeah, Addicts lie. And I'm like, I get it. He said, so now the bad news is you no longer have a job. I said, but I passed. And he said, but you've lost the respect of your employees. Wow. He said, I can't have you here and them not respect you. And I just was a mess. I had sure. no clue what I was, I didn't know how I was going to pay my rent. Had two boys to raise. Yeah. Um, you know, very little education. Had a high school education. I'd been a hairdresser, but I wasn't doing that anymore. Um, just, it was rock bottom. Yeah. And I wasn't even high. You know, yeah. so I hit another bottom being sober. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, it hey, I'm doing everything right, and what what the hell am I losing my job for?
1: So many, and and on the side I am now, you see that so often. Yeah. Once things start going good, things fall apart, but it's how you handle it. Yeah. To get through it, and yeah. I I tell a lot of clients I work with, um, it's not about getting stuck in it; it's about how you grow through it. Yeah. Instead of getting stuck in it, and so I I just. I thought, well, I'm going to, this is an opportunity for me to finish school. So I went back to college, um, and I got my business degree and that's when I got this other job where the, the, you know, down the road, things progressed. And I had this job with the the boss who pull the phones out of the walls, throw things and just horrible fits. Um,
0: was that guy on drugs?
1: He was. Yeah, I found out later. Sure. Didn't know it. I just thought, oh man, this this hell, son of yeah. a bitch is a mean mf'er. <laughs> That's all I could think of. Sure. So I didn't know until years later when I was in an AA meeting or NA meeting and he walked in, then it all made sense. Sure. Um, and he apologized. Yeah. So that was that was you know part of his story, but I had gotten laid off or fired or laid off whatever you want to call it from that guy, and I was looking for a job. So a lady contacted me. She saw me on Facebook and she said, um, so Tracy, what are you doing? And I'm like, Oh, I'm just looking for a job. She was, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. She said, okay, I'm a, this is a shot in the dark, but do you know anything about recovery? Like (laughs) substance abuse? I'm like, well, (laughs) um, and she said, can you come for an interview? Um, we, I am running the Georgie Harris house, which is part of the recovery council in Pike County. We're opening up a women's residential facility. I'm like, heck yeah. So I go down an interview and before I left Waverly, I got a call for a second interview and I started that job. It was, it'll be 11 years, November 17th, 2010 when I started, I was the first RA that they hired there and um, I've been with them ever since. That's awesome. So it's it's allowed me to continue to work on myself and to give back what was given to me. Yeah. Help others. And I've just progressed to finally be um, in the, in a position in our community that I wish there would have been someone in that position when I needed it. Because the things that I needed help with, there was no one available. Yeah. They were like, well, you go down here and ask them. But then they tell you to go down here and ask them. Then you need to call 22 different people to get this answer, and still nobody knows. So the community outreach part of it, where like a one-stop shop kind of thing Mm -hmm. and a wraparound of services, is really near and dear to my heart. Um, And it's really what people need, whether they're addicts or unemployed, um, need to know how to fill out an application for a job. Um, create an email that they've never had an email address. Sure. Um, little things that we take for granted just because of how we've grown up um, mean the world to someone. You yeah. know, someone that's homeless just needing a hot cup of coffee and clean socks. For years, I'd drive around with socks and underwear in the back of my car and everybody thought I was crazy. But it was just because I had taken time to talk to someone who was homeless and you know suffering from addiction. I said, what's one thing? If you could have one thing right now, what would it be? And probably eighty percent of the time, they said a nice, clean pair of socks.
0: <laughs> Never um, would have known that.
1: Didn't they? Wouldn't tell you that they want to be clean because some people aren't ready. Yeah. And until you're ready, you just it's it's an annoyance to hear it from people. You know, you know I'm they sure. hurt. You know that you're breaking their heart, but it's also hard to be that person and, and know that you're doing that too.
0: Yeah. Uh, are you in? Are you still in Pike County, or are you, st- are you in Ross County now? I
1: live in Ross.
0: Okay. I mean the uh, recoveries and, and
1: it's both. Okay, um, we have inpatient residential programs um, for men and women. Yeah, we also have transitional living for both males and females, and then we have outpatient services and some sober living. Okay, so it's grown so much since I even started with the company. And
0: um, so, do you do you think things locally are getting better, or you say staying the same, or? Uh...
1: I think. I've got personal opinions on it and um, this is personal, right? (laughs) Absolutely. I, um, I do believe that the MAT does help certain people. I believe that the medically assisted treatment is what that is. I have no idea what that is. Um, I think that there are certain people that, that need that push. Um, I don't personally feel that it was something that would help me. Mm -hmm. Um, my drug of choice there, it wouldn't have helped anyways. But there are a lot of people who um, try Vivitrol. It change it's life changing. I'm a huge fan of Vivitrol.
0: I don't know what is that.
1: Vivitrol is a um, once a month. It's an injection. It's a shot that you get from your doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to be licensed, I believe, to to give it. Um, and it's a blocker that um, it blocks that area of your brain um, that if you allow opiates to go in, that just want more. Okay. It's, um, it, I don't know how they really explain it on the spot. Um,
0: no, it makes sense. But it's,
1: it's amazing. So
0: if you take it and you then take, uh, I don't know, an Oxycontin, it's not going to do the same thing.
1: You don't crave the taking of it. Okay. Um, that now, like for surgeries or something like that, you talk to that doctor and they, they work the injection around when a surgery would be. Mm -hmm. So there wouldn't be any complications. Um, but the cravings are what make people go back to opiates more. Yeah. Um the physical and then the just the obsession with it. And then you just really start to crave it. But um the with that injection from what clients have told me and things that I've read, there's just not that obsession just stops. Yeah. So it allows you to grow if you coordinate taking that along with some treatment and counseling, you you start to learn how to live without it. And that's hard. Yeah. Um, the lifestyle is so addictive because it's fast paced. It's always drama. It's chaos. It is just the insanity of, of that life being sane is something you can't even begin to try to explain to someone that's never been in it. Um, because a lot of times it could be total silence around you, but everything's just so loud because you're just going a hundred miles an hour in different directions. Um, I don't know. It's, There's the Vivitrol is my favorite. Then there are people that are on Suboxone Mm -hmm. um, and methadone. I'm not a fan of either one. Um, I have seen people be successful on both, but not as much as Vivitrol. Sure. Um, I've seen them abuse it more than it help. Um, I've also dealt with a lot of people who will tell me, you know, I was on Suboxone for years. And it was because I could sell it. I was still getting high off of it when they said you couldn't get high. They said you couldn't shoot it. I was shooting it up. I mean, addicts are very, very special people.
0: Yeah.
1: Majority are very smart, calculating, manipulative, um, in active addiction, especially. Yeah. And if there's a will, there's a way. If they want to get high, they're going to figure out a way to get high. Um, and if they
0: want help, they'll they'll figure out a way to get help. Maybe yes.
1: It, I mean, you can lead like what our families always tell us: you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, something so simple. Yeah. But it it just it's so hard to watch someone die a little bit each day, and not say something or not try to offer help or not do something, but it's just as hard for that person who's in the middle of active addiction to sit there. And know that you see them doing that, and that they're not ready, or they, they just don't have it in them to change yet. Yeah, it's just as painful.
0: Yeah, I know. I, I mean, dealing with it with uh, with my brother, he was good, and then he had back surgery, and then he had the pills again, and then um, then I thought he was really good, and then wow, I found this young
1: girl, and yeah, yeah, that, um, yeah, that's a that's I think the hardest part. One of the hardest parts of his funeral, I saw the girl, and I, I'm not mad at her. She's sick too. Apparently, I mean, obviously, um, to be able to live with someone and condone those behaviors for that long, you have to be partaking in that same thing. Oh, absolutely. Um, or be just as sick as them, yeah, in a different way. But I so bad wanted to go up and just put my arms around her and say, you know what, it's okay. But what happened? We, everybody needs to heal here. Yeah. And without the truth, we have no foundation for anything. Yeah, Nobody's going to be mad at you. Deacon was his own man. But you've, and, and, and if they are mad, it's because of a different thing, not because he's gone or because he used, but maybe because he's gone. And I just, there's some answers we're never going to get. Yeah. And I'm pissed about
0: that. I, I couldn't, I couldn't have gone up to her. I would, uh,
1: it was hard. I, would,
0: I was a mad, I'm, I'm a mad person on it. So,
1: Oh, it pisses. I mean,
0: I, it, it really, yeah.
1: I get pissed every day. Yeah. Um, The, you know, the overdoses, you'd ask me what I think about our little community here. And I think with, there's a lot of, there's a lot of help out there. Yeah. A lot of help. And sometimes I think there's too much. Yeah. I think that people are taking advantage of it. I think these stimulus checks are killing people. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: And the COVID didn't help either.
1: No, but I, but and COVID didn't help and it's not going to, it's it's just, it's ramping up again now, but, um, there are so many people throughout our community. And I'm talking, there's people that make six figures a year who are hooked on heroin right now. Wow. You know, there's people who haven't had a job in 10 years who are hooked on heroin.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, it doesn't matter who you are, where it, you it live, what you do. Someone. It's going to, It it can affect anybody. Yeah. Um, and I think, The loved ones of the addicts are sicker sometimes than the addicts because the addicts escape through their getting high where we can't and the tears wash away the moment, Mm -hmm. but it just, your heart hurts all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think about my mom, what she's gone through. It's uh, very sad.
1: It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. But. She's, and I'll tell you, and she won't stop. I know there's another little boy, young man. Yeah. That, um is close to my heart that she wants to help him so much. Yeah. And I hope it happens.
0: Oh yeah. It is.
1: But um Marcia's an amazing woman.
0: She is. I you I think you mentioned something. Like she's the one that maybe got you into uh, recovery or, or, or helped you
1: Yeah if had I not known what she did with deacon at riverside when we were younger Mm -hmm. i don't think i ever would have understood what treatment was or that it wasn't they're going to lock you in this room and you know plug you into the wall connected to all these (laughs) monitors and zap you and this you just never know yeah you know but because of her helping deacon it in turn allowed me to have a little understanding of it when it was mentioned to me so i wasn't so fearful yeah change. you weren't scared and if it weren't for her involving me and Deacon and helping Deacon I don't know that I would have been that eager to change
0: sure yeah uh,
1: you know it was hard and people you know they they judge you when you're the sick one and that happens a lot it happened to me a lot um i had people come up to me at a class reunion a, a bunch of girls came up and they said one of them in particular in particular she said tracy i'm so sorry and i said for what oh if i had known i'd have been there to help you i said really <laughs> hmm i said well you know not to be mean or rude or disrespectful but i'm going to be real honest um I didn't like you in high school. And just because I'm a drug addict doesn't mean I'm going to like you now. (laughs) And and I thought, you know, how she came up to me out of the blue. Sure. And it was really, it was embarrassing. More embarrassing for her to do that and act like she gave a shit than to just ignore me. And I'm like, who the hell are you? And I laugh about it now um, because I I must have really still been pretty angry. But um, also, there are so many people that you know, that I'd grown up with whose families have hit the same hurdle. Yeah. And they'll call me and say, Hey, what do I need to do? Yeah. Can you help me? And I do whatever I can do to help someone. I'm going to,
0: yeah. Um, and, and you're going back to, uh, you're going back to, you think there's too much help out there. Um, well, I mean? think
1: that sounds bad. To the, no, sh- I think that there's a lot of help out there yeah. and I think it's good, but I think I wish there was a way for us to mainstream, um, how people would doctor shop for their pills yeah i think they do the same thing in recovery just to appease whether it's a probation officer or a family member or whatever i think we need to make sure that the providers that are giving these services hold them accountable mm-hmm. um you know j- if if they're supposed to be in group four days a week and they're not coming they they need to be closed. Yeah, They need to, or, or talk to them, say, Hey, listen, you know, what's going on? Why can't you be here? I just don't want to be, or they're still testing positive after three months, wow. you know, something's not working. Yeah. So they don't like you because you're going to report to their probation officer or children's services or something like that. And then they have a consequence for their action. Yeah. So then they just decide to quit you and go somewhere else. And that's fine. They have that right to. But it's not helping them. No, um, and I think that's what I mean by so much help out there. We need it. You know, there's enough for everybody to go around. It, the, um, they're
0: just manipulating the system. It sounds like
1: yes. Okay, and and that's what I'm not. That's what I hate yeah. because there's so many of us that know this is life or death. Yeah, and you know, there's one thing you can't change in this world. It's someone else. Yeah, and so if they're not ready, they're not ready. But if they are on probation or they have children's services involvement, then you know those those consequences need to come down on them.
0: Yeah.
1: Um I'm I'm kind of known to be firm. I try to be firm, fair, and consistent. Um, but I think I'm known to be more firm than anything. <laughs> I hurt feelings. Yeah. Because I'm not in this to be someone's friend. I'm in here to help you get your life back. Yeah. And if me being honest is hurting your feelings, then we got a whole lot of work to do. So have a seat.
0: I mean, it sounds like uh, you've kind of taken on a teacher role, and uh, the best teachers were the hardest teachers, and, or a coach, uh, the best coaches are the hardest coaches, uh, but people want uh, some discipline, and it sounds like you're giving it to them.
1: Thanks. Well, that's kind of...
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I... That's how I had to
1: learn. Yeah. Well, thanks.
0: Um, so you're a court liaison, so mm-hmm. drug court. Yeah. How does that work in Chillicothe and...
1: I love it. That's the highlight of my week. Yeah, yeah. We have two drug courts right now. One is a felony drug court with Judge Ader. Okay. Um, It's great. I work with probation, you know, mainly Brian or Brandon Puckett um, in the probation department there, and we do we meet every two weeks um, in front of the judge with participants, and just kind of it's it's a way to hold them accountable. Yeah. Um, Once they get through that pro, you know, any their program. It's about a year and a half. Um, then they're they get a date set. Once they graduate, they get a date set out for six months later, where they're still on probation, and that's when their records are sealed. If it's because those have to be felonies, mm-hmm. um, there are certain criteria to meet to be able to participate in that program. Um, it's it's a hard program. Yeah. Um. But it's so worth it. You Very know?
0: rewarding at the end, I'm sure.
1: Absolutely, yeah. and then. Um, Family Dependency Treatment Court is with Judge Benson. Um, with that court, you have to have an open children's services case here in Ross County. Um, and usually those are the ones that are the worst of the worst. Um, they're the hardest cases. They um, A lot of families, unfortunately, have had numerous cases prior to. Yeah. Um, maybe even um, lost children to a permanent custody um, in the past and this time they are ready to change ready to do something different yeah and willing to do whatever it takes to go to any lengths to gain their life back and to get their children in their life um it happens more often than what you think that someone's finally ready and it's a it's a total life change and once someone changes their life using isn't a part of it so it's with it not being an option and their life changing slowly and learning to live and be supportive, have um, self-supporting, you know, hold a household down, a job, um, get kids back and forth to childcare, anything. They can graduate from that program as well. And it takes a couple years in that program.
0: That's got to be probably the one most rewarding things to see.
1: I cry every time we have yeah. someone. Uh, it's happy tears because yeah. you,
0: you. It, it worked.
1: Oh, and we have a um, a video that Sherry Smitley will put together for when they graduate. It's their whole journey with us. And it's absolutely just breathtaking to watch all the sadness, the kids, how they they aren't real close to their parents and they're never smiling. Yeah. Towards the end, they're just like all, all over each other and hugging and smiling and laughing and bright eyed and, you know, just, it's just unreal.
0: Yeah. It's, it's changed. magical. Yeah. yeah. Which is great.
1: Yeah, that core is just changing lives. And to see people have um, participants who have relationships with foster parents and want to continue those relationships, yeah, Um, you know, that and with children's services, seeing that children's services isn't always the bad guy. They're there to help you. It's unbelievable. Huh. I mean, it's some of the experiences. I don't know what I'm allowed to share and not, so I won't go too far, but Some of the stuff is pretty amazing.
0: Well, I'm sure uh, it helps everyone, even the judges, because they have to deal with you know craziness and and seeing a a good thing happen on some uh, legislation. Mm -hmm. It it helps everyone.
1: Definitely, definitely.
0: Uh, What can uh, what can the general public do to help? Um, Or if they have someone in their lives that uh, uh, need help, uh, what would you recommend? just listen yeah
1: just listen and um you know there's no need to scream and yell we do that enough it doesn't get us anywhere um but just to sit down and say hey look you know i love you i i believe in you and i want to help you But we're gonna have to have some firm ba- some firm boundaries set up uh, you know a lot of times um don't give them money yeah you know handing them 20 dollars here 50 there Three dollars. If I, I there is someone in my life that was three dollar and me to death, but they would three dollar me, my sister, my mom, their dad, their grandparents. By the time a day would come, it'd be over with. They'd have over a hundred dollars and three dollar and people to death, or a dollar here and there, yeah. and they could get high for another two days. Wow, you know, so it it adds up. Yeah. Um, but create firm boundaries, and no means no you know and if there are certain ways to be able to come home or to get this or get that you know set down write it down yeah. make a contract you know it's between you and that person makes um, sense
0: contracts work
1: they do yeah and there's something about putting pen to paper and having something to read over and over rather than just um saying it and having those words bounce around in your brain and being able to dissect it and make it feel one way or it, you know, to yourself in one minute and then you're angry and you read it a different time and, yeah. and then you're even more angry, but there's a way, um, or you think about it and you get more angry, but there's a way when you read it and reading those words over and over, they don't change. Mm-mm. And I think it's really healing and it's pretty supportive. I had, um, I had a paper, and I lost it, that I used to carry in my wallet every day. I'd carry it to court. I'd carry it to the jails if I'd go in and talk to someone, um, anywhere that was helping anyone. And one of the last nights that I ever got high, um, I I don't know what happened to me, but I I don't even remember this, but I guess I wrote a letter to God, and I said, you know, God, please help me. I don't want to live this way. I know this isn't what my life's supposed to be like. Please help me. Yeah. And I must have folded it into a little tiny ball or a little square. And I threw it up on top of my dresser. Well, the next day is when I went into that job and the guy said, Tracy, I think you have a problem. And so all this time went by and my sister had gone to clean my apartment out while I was in treatment. And I was moving in with, um, I think I moved in with her. And, when I, or it was my father, I was moving with my mom, whoever it was. She, she said, Tracy, I found something, and I think you need it. She handed me this piece of paper, and it was all in a little square. And I unfolded it, and it was what I had written for God to help me. And that next morning is when everything unfolded. So
0: and God did help you.
1: Exactly. And I'm a, I'm a very spiritual person now. Yeah. I mean, I believe in God. Um, and I think everyone should have a higher power. Absolutely. Whether it's God, that's up to them. Um, but whatever helps someone. And I think the judging has got to stop yeah. just because my way works for me. doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Um, but I'm sure there are parts of my story that would help you if you had a problem. Right. So it's not a, a cookie cutter Mm-mm. solution to anything. There are so many variations of recovery and ways to do it. And what, you know, if someone, if the medically assisted treatment works for someone and doesn't for someone else, that's fine. Um, but if it works for them, let it work for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, this is a different podcast. It's normally the good stuff. And and you are, we are talking about good stuff, sure. even though it came from some dark background and dark yeah. things. Uh, that that normally is the case when there's dark things that happen, good things happen. Yeah. And, and the good thing is, is you're now helping other people. Uh, you're becoming the leader uh, and the, a teacher and, A mentor. Uh, You have a mentoree, I guess, here Mm -hmm. uh, sitting with us, uh, which is pretty cool. She wanted to come here and and, and watch you do your thing. Uh, uh, It's pretty remarkable to see uh, you in this role. And it seems like your life is happy. And Mm -hmm. um, you're, you're exactly where you need to be.
1: I never in a million years thought I'd be living in the country. Yeah. Having chickens and dogs and a garden. I mean... Have thought an old crackhead could do that and have <laughs> two kids that are amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, they have their own struggles. But we're human and we all do. Yeah. And this is Misty. Misty, it's with okay. me. Yeah. Um, she's she's pretty amazing. She actually came into my life when I was getting pretty burnt out on doing what I do. And is one of the things that she woke me up again and her story is phenomenal. Um we were able to bring her on to work in the recovery council under a FEMA grant right now. Okay. Um, and she is like on fire with resources. I mean, we've got single parents who need diapers or different things, um, lists for landlords. Right now, housing's hard to find. Yeah, um, Just not know how to go about doing certain things. And they call and she gets it done. That's great, but she never could have done that had it not been for recovery and for a family drug court.
0: Yeah, um, and maybe not the confidence too.
1: Oh, and yeah. she is just—I mean, it's, she's amazing.
0: Yeah. She well, is. Uh, hopefully, I'll have you on in, in a couple months or. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else we need to sh- we should share? You think about the recovery council, your story, anything we we missed?
1: I don't think so. I think just you know we're a program and an agency who we've got several programs out there if we can help anyone we really want to yeah but if if you come and you think we're not the right fit we're going to help you get help somewhere yeah we're not we're not an agency that's just going to be like oh if you don't come to us you don't matter that's not who we are we want you to find your life get your life back you know be successful
0: and is that located by the um fire station is that the
1: that's where my office is. Okay. Um, it's at thirty-eight East Water, okay. right beside the fire station, across yes. from Christie's Pizza. Yeah, and then in Waverly, we have a ton of different locations. Um, right as you go into Waverly, on the left-hand side, you see the Recovery Council sign with a recovery tree. Yeah, um, that's one of that's some of our locations for our, um, different facilities. And then right in town on High Street, I think it's one ninety-six, no, it's one eleven North High in Waverly. Um, That's our outpatient facility there. Um, And we have admissions. We have all different kinds of things. I can give you those numbers too. Sure.
0: Um, Well, I think if anyone wants to Google recovery. Oh, yeah, they can
1: can get a hold of me.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, I always ask uh, uh, three questions. Uh, One is really three questions in one. But uh, your favorite uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner spot.
1: So favorite breakfast um, is probably the broken egg. I get to do that when I'm with my dad.
0: In, uh, he lives in Texas. Texas. Yeah, Whereabouts in Texas?
1: He lives in the woodlands outside of Houston. Okay, yeah. yeah. And right now my youngest son is in Killeen. He's in the Army, so he's stationed in Killeen right now. Awesome. Yeah, so they get to see each other more than I could see either one of them. Yeah. But um, the broken egg, that's my favorite breakfast. Lunch, right now, um, I really like the Cobb salad from Paper City. Yeah. That's my favorite, and they've got this great homemade dressing. It's, it's good. Oh, it's wonderful. And then for dinner, I like pizza. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're kind of hooked on, um, old town pizzeria in Frankfurt right now.
0: I gotta try that. I've never heard of it.
1: Oh, it is it's so, brand new. It's been there for a couple of years. Okay. We didn't know about it either. We yeah. thought, um, there was just one little pizza place there, but this guy, I can't remember his name. My husband talks to him all the time. Um, he He can make anything, Wow, yeah, he looks like that like all well, the big old Italian people that you know
0: and, <laughs> an authentic Italian.:
1: it is, yeah. and it is so good.
0: I have to try it. yeah, I'll put that on my list.
1: Take the kids, I think they'll, yeah. they'll love you more.
0: Yeah, well, maybe I can ride the bikes out there and do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, any book you'd like to share, or uh, any book that you're currently reading?
1: um the lot, this the most recent book that I finished was one that judge Benson recommends and he's even um, passed some of them out to some of our participants in family treatment court. Yeah. And it's, <clears throat> if you want to change the world, make your bed. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, it really puts things in perspective and you can be having a really crappy day and feel like you're just not getting anywhere. But if you just make your bed, at least you've completed one thing. Makes sense. Day. So you start out your day completing a task before you even leave the house. And that can set you on pace to just, how many can I complete today? What can I do? So it's kind of a self-motivator. The other one is, um, unfuck yourself. (laughs) I like it. It is, it's good. It really, um, you can dig deep and kind of take a look at yourself. You know, we're all creatures of habit. Yeah. Um, We all wonder, why does this keep happening to me? Why me, why me? You know, different things. Well, if you continue to do the same thing over and over, you're and you don't get a different outcome, you probably need to.
0: That's the definition of insanity.
1: It is. Yeah. And it's, and that's how you fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to unfuck yourself <laughs> by doing things a little bit different. But um, it's 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 a good read. It's a real good read.
0: I'll add that to the uh, to the list.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, are you a night owl, uh, early riser, both, or?
1: I'm an early riser these days yeah
0: currently I'm sure at uh, some point in your life it was uh, opposite
1: it was for many years yeah. um, probably the entire time I raised my kids I always felt like I wished I could sleep in sure now that my boys are grown
0: you can't sleep in I'm up yeah.
1: like all the time well
0: you got chickens to deal with now
1: yeah one they I deal with them at night <laughs> um, but yeah they uh, it's if I sleep in past 8:30 I feel like, oh my gosh, am I getting sick? Yeah. Usually through the week, I'm up around four thirty. Wow. And then on the weekends, the latest I can usually sleep in is 630, 6 six six thirty. But yeah, sometimes I just lay back down and watch. Four thirty. Wow. It just it just happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: You put the coffee on. And
1: I don't even drink coffee that much anymore. Good I mean, for I do you. Once I get to town, sometimes, yeah. but yeah. yeah, it's
0: my normal ritual in the morning. Turn on my coffee and go
1: I used to be yeah. I used to but then I want to drink the whole pot
0: oh I can't yeah.
1: so I can't do that
0: <laughs> one one or two and two I, I'm usually shaking <laughs> well I appreciate you coming I really appreciate you being on this podcast uh and sharing your story and a little bit of my brother's uh I couldn't probably I couldn't go in more depth with my brother because I, I would have lost it so I think that you, listeners probably could have heard that on there and uh it's just it's a story that uh it's hard to tell, and I can't tell it at this point
1: i um thank you for having me um yeah. you know deacon's missed by many yeah um and i I think he wherever he is now, which I know he's up in heaven, yeah. and I think that he knows our hearts, and I really think that he understands why we had to separate ourselves from him
0: absolutely, yeah, well, thanks again. Thanks, and uh, I'm sure I'll have you on again at some other point, and maybe with your uh, with Missy. Missy. Uh, that that's going to be a fun one. And maybe by that time,
1: I can <laughs> and you probably will. Yeah, she can bring it out of you. I promise.
0: <laughs> well, thanks again. Thanks.